Hey, magic makers. Are you ready to reclaim your life from menopause? Well, I have an upcoming mini course, Three Days to Conquer Menopause and Mayhem. And in this mini course, it will help you to take control over all of your menopause symptoms, even the ones that most people never told you about. We only heard about hot flashes, but I'm talking about all the other changes that happen during menopause. I'm going to be peeling back that curtain and no one is going to be feel left like they're fumbling around in the dark because I'm ripping down that curtain. Over three days, I will give you simple, sustainable techniques that will provide long-term relief for your pesky menopause symptoms. I will share with you not only why your diet is effective as a bucket with a hole in it, but more importantly, what to do about it instead. I'll be giving you tools that help you embrace and thrive in your 40s with confidence and gosh, energy. It's time to embrace a new era of epicness. So if you are ready to take the first step towards a hot flash free, weight free menopause journey, do me a favor, click the link in the show notes. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back and listen to today's show. Hey, Magic Makers, I am just pumped today. I had the opportunity to speak with Dr. Rosen Sweet. He is a women's health and hormones expert. And, you know, I referenced this list that I have on my wall and about all the topics I've wanted to talk about on this podcast. And HRT was one of the biggest topics I wanted to talk about, but I wanted to find the right person to talk about it. So get ready. Dr. Rosensweet is about to break open some myths surrounding the Women's Health Initiative that was done back over 20 years ago. And we're going to talk about hormones like you have never heard them talked about before. Dr. Rosensweet gets into deep depths about the importance of hormones and he presents all sides and encourages listeners to do their own research when it comes to this. But what wanting you to be able to go into your doctor armed with the right questions, the right research to note if they are, if your doctor is uh, still believing that uh, HRT will cause uh, cancer. Um, he gives you all the information. He has written several books. He's also given you a couple of other books that you can take a deeper dive if that brings you joy. So don't miss out on this amazing conversation as he sheds so much light on the latest scientific evidence and updates on the role that hormones play in your body. Like I'm just so happy that I was able to have him on the show today. And if you have any questions about HRT, please feel free to reach out to him. Uh, All of his contact information is in the show notes. Enjoy the show, ladies. All right, I want to thank Miss Clara B. Lee from the Philippines. I've gone international, y'all. She leaves a great review here for me. She says so many valuable health tips that you can learn from. It is a must listen. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. Again, I appreciate every single review that comes my way. It tells me that I'm giving you the information that you're looking for, the information that you're yearning for. I know that when I was in my, you know, perimenopausal journey, I just was like, where can I turn to? What information can I find? And I'm grateful that I am giving that to you. These reviews mean the world to me. They light me up that I'm able to uh, help you in any way possible. So if you are listening to this, do me a favor, head over to iTunes and leave me a review. If you're like, girl, I don't know how to do that. Reach out to me. I will help you get that done. Have a great day and enjoy the rest of the show. Ah, magic makers. I am like buzzing with excitement. I don't know if it's the three cups of coffee I've had today or it's getting down (laughs) to sit with Dr. Rosen Sweet. I hear this all the time and he is an expert about 
HRT. Should I, should I not? What is it? What can I do? And he's your guy. He is the founder of the menopause method and as well as written three books, including happy, healthy hormones. He is going to here to break it all down. And I'm sure you can have a million questions after this, and I'm going to make sure you have the contact information for him as well. So Dr. Rosensweet, please welcome to the show. Oh, yes. Thank you, Kim. Honor to be here. Yeah. So, you know, let's just start with the basics. You know, what the hell is HRT? Well, women and men, we put out our peak gender-specific hormones, male or female, at the age of 20. Really? Yeah, that's when they're the best. Plus or minus a couple of years, men and women. And then we gradually decline. And these are the most powerful biochemicals in our body. So that decline is consequential. Yeah. Many women, for example, start feeling it in their 30s. There's something that doesn't feel quite as right. <laughs> and, then, and then there's the big drop for women midlife. And there's such a drop. It's so significant that you don't have enough estrogen to menstruate. So you stop menstruating. Mm -hmm. But the decline continues. It, uh, you still lose these powerful hormones. Men, my goodness, more and more men are having erectile challenges in their 30s and definitely low sperm counts. Yeah. We've not, this is stuff that's new over the last 50 years. And so these hormones, they play such a humongous role in our health, in our ability to think clearly and having muscle strength. Thus, to avoid canes, walkers, wheelchairs, That's assisted true. living, bladder control, vaginal health, libido, it goes on and on. So that's what happens. We lose these hormones. Our, just, our ovaries for women or our testicles for men, they just don't keep doing it at the like they did when we were 20. You know, it's funny. So... You know, you're saying this now, and then you rattled off all of these things that nowadays on the TV I hear about, you know, erectile dysfunction, and I hear about pelvic floor and all of these things that we didn't talk about before. So do you think do you think this is a new phenomena or just we are more open to talk about ailments? The latter. This has been going on for as long as human beings have lived past the age of 40. I mean, for a couple hundred thousand years, women and men did not live beyond 40. Right. And, and then, then when we started living beyond 40. Well, think of this. A thousand years ago, the Chinese had figured out how to give hormones to midlife aristocrats, of course. Of course. You got them. Right. And what they did is they collected the urine in big containers of young women huh. and also in a separate containers for young men. And they dried that urine out and just fed the powders to the aristocrats because the urine contains hormones in it. Interesting. Yeah. And then the pharmaceutical industry, you know, in the 1940s, yeah, we weren't talking much about it in the 1940s, but the pharmaceutical industry had figured out to, how to produce massive quantities of estrogen for women. So they collected the urine of pregnant horses, pregnant mares, called it Premarin. Yeah. And in 2000, the year 2000, there was 40% of American women in menopause, that's 18 million women, were actually on horse urine-derived estrogens, the most popular and profitable drug of all time up to that time. So we might not have been talking about it. I know that was your question. Right. But it was known and it was occurring. Yeah. And and so that's I first of all, I feel like nowadays we're we're no longer shunning like Eastern medicine. We're kind of like, you know, they knew a thing or two back then. And we can you know, thousands of years of show uh, studies like we can learn something from them and i'm glad we're uh our western medicine is starting to open their eyes that there's something something going on over there but it's very interesting what you said about the prevagen is that in was it 2000 that that study came out from the women health initiative 
Well, now you're moving to a very important consideration. It was 2002 that the Women's Health Initiative had a false reporting of its study. It was reported falsely. Yeah. So let's 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 back up and bring people with it. So I know for me, um, and for probably for you, one of the biggest things that I hear women who come to me, they're like, and I said, Oh, has your doctor talked to you about hormones? And they're like, Oh, I can't get hormones, they give you cancer. I can't get hormones because that study, you know, proved everything. And every doctor since then has been like, I'm running for the hills when it comes to talking about hormones with females. So what exactly was the study and when did it get I'm so glad you brought this up, Kim, because this is the elephant in the room. Yeah, big elephant. And it's still like when I tell my clients, I'm like, yeah, that that study was bullshit. And they're like, well, my doctor, I'm like, you got a a money that I, I give them studies that disprove it so that their doctor can educate themselves on it. Well, I, I love I love talking about this because I'd love to clarify this. The the reporting of the study in 2002 was false reporting. The actual study said, in the study, it said that women who took Premarin alone, that's horse urine drive estrogen, had a 21% less chance, less chance of getting breast cancer. And then there was the second line in there called, but with Prem Pro, there was a 1.26 relative risk that represents an increased risk, but it was statistically insignificant. Well, in science and medicine, we know that if it's statistically insignificant, that means don't draw any conclusion, folks. And it was that line, without paying attention to the statistical insignificance, that exploded through the press. And it was false reporting because it was not medically consequential. But what's more sexy, take this pill and you get cancer or take this pill and not get cancer? You named it. And the same study committee kept that study alive in a certain form and they followed these women. And by 2006, they knew that there was no increase either with Premarin or Premarin, there was reduction with Premarin in risk and no increase. And then they finally printed a retraction of that study in 2016. And here's what they said. Same committee, same same journal, Journal of American Medical Association, that after 18 years of follow-up, there is no increased risk for breast cancer, heart attack, and stroke. Now, how many people know that one? I would say less than 1%. Like that now, you know, it's kind of like it didn't, that retraction didn't become big news. Right. And significant too is less than 1% of healthcare providers, physicians and nurse practitioners know it as well. And, you know, of course, there's a free copy of the PDF of my book that you can, that all of your listeners and, and viewers can have. And in that, in chapter three, I discuss this non-risk in great detail. And then there is a Bible that discusses this risk. And I'd like to review the risk information as it truly is. And in I refer to this book, it's the, um, but here's the science. Here's the actual science. I'm bring everybody up to date. Now hear this. This is- <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. It's only about 20 years old, but we'll call it breaking news. <laughs> um, we're all at risk for thousands of diagnoses. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are not okay. We're all at risk for hundreds of cancers. Yeah. I'm not at risk okay. for getting hit by a bus. Oh, not to mention. <laughs> and as a male, which is what happens to be new information is I'm at an increased relative risk for prostate cancer. That didn't used to be the case, but it is these days. Mm. And women happen to be at an increased relative risk. In, in other words, they're just got a little extra risk in getting breast cancer than than other cancers. That did not used to be the case when I was in medical school. Right. There's reasons for these modern increases in prostate and breast cancer. But given all the risk, 
that we're all at risk for lots of stuff, including cancers. Here's the actual science. Women who are treated with hormones are at less risk, less risk for breast cancer, heart attack, and stroke than women who do not receive treatment. It even goes so far as to women who've had breast cancer, they happen to be at an increased relative risk for a recurrence than a woman has for ever getting. But women who've had breast cancer, if that breast cancer was properly treated, are at less risk for recurrence if they're on hormones than if they are not. This is detailed in my book, Happy Healthy Hormones, Chapter 3, and the Bible of this risk is is written in a book called Estrogen Matters. For those of you who really are concerned, it's by Avram Blooming. He's a medical doctor and an oncologist that's a cancer specialist who happened to specialize in breast cancer and his, and his um, teaching partner, Carol Tavris, and they go through it. They got 400, over 450 references to the medical literature. Talk about references. Yeah. You're like, I want you to know we've done the actual math. That's right. So that's the story. The, the truth is it's always been so. Women treated with hormones are at less risk for breast cancer, heart attack, and stroke than women who do not receive treatment. All right. So, ladies, you've heard that. We've gotten three. We got two sources in one, one book has 400 plus sources. So run to your doctor, p- point to both books that it's like it's bullshit. Everything that they've believed for the last 20 years. Now, with that said, there are women who are like, well, I've had breast cancer. Is the fact that I've had breast cancer, can I take any form of HRT? They can take perfectly individualized, same as young women in menopause, same as women in menopause, HRT. So there's no like... Women who've had breast cancer and had that breast cancer properly treated, Mm -hmm. they do happen to be at an increased relative risk for recurrence than a woman who's never had breast cancer has for getting it. But women who've had breast cancer and have had that breast cancer properly treated are at less risk for recurrence if they're treated with hormones gotcha. than if they are not. So it's safer for a woman who's had breast cancer properly treated to be on hormones than it is for her to not be on hormones. Right. And so it's really up to, you know, the the woman to really work with her doctor to educate them on well it's um that can be a mountain to climb oh yeah for sure because no one wants malpractice (laughs) and the however there's thousands of there's hundreds of thousands of medical doctors in the united states who have not heard this news agreed Agreed. they've heard the opposite and they're concerned that they're going to put their women patients at risk so they won't touch hormones and they have not been informed of the what's actually the science now the major medical societies are trickling out the information the new information mm-hmm. but it hasn't hit mainstream yet a big time yeah and having said that there are thousands of doctors and nurse practitioners in the united states who are aware of the true science you right. got to go shopping for them that's a big job. It, to try and convince your doctor, that's going to be a piece of work. They're pretty busy. It's <laughs> it's a, it, yeah. It, it's a challenge, and you know, I know I I go in with my piece of paper when I speak with my doctor, and you know, I've worn her down, and she realizes that I do the research. Like I'm like here, and I come prepared because I know like you have ten minutes with me, <laughs> maybe. And so I need to be like in and out telling you what I need. Um, and so you talked about women us starting to feel different in our 30s through our hormones starting to start that descent. And we're never told that. 
you think menopause is down the road, your 50s, your 60s, but you don't know that you're on this roller coaster for about 10 years. And it's that roller coaster that's causing you to have your menopausal symptoms. You think it happens after. Roller coaster it is. The your brain and pituitary pick up on this decline. And they try and do a last last ditch effort of stimulating the ovaries. So they put out these powerful stimulating hormones. And instead of having a nice smooth monthly output, you get these spikes. Mm. And but the ovaries can't sustain it, so you get these crashes. So they go up and down. So many women actually experience it like a roller coaster. Yeah. And, you know, especially if you're having some of the kind of the latter symptoms that aren't the the hot flashes and the weekend, if you're having some of the low level um, symptoms, your your doctor might um, dismiss that. Like I know for me, it was like I was anxious and I'd never been anxious in my entire life before. That one is number one. And it's because... Your ovary puts out when you're young a hundred times the amount of progesterone than it does estrogen. And progesterone is super calming. Yeah. Sometimes many women in pregnancy, they go through the periods of feeling so calm they can hardly believe it because their progesterone levels have skyrocketed. Well, one of the first things to go for many women long before they lose their periods is they get a decline in that progesterone and what do they experience you said it no one said it clear i i getting this anxiety that doesn't make sense to me i didn't have anxiety i yeah. had we have issues in life and they are challenging but i didn't have anxiety right i've been able to roll big... with the punches right exactly and punches they are yeah. And, you know, and it's, and for full disclosure, folks, I am on HRT. And before the, it took me a while to like, I had to kiss a lot of frogs in order to get to where I am right now. Um, it was a, an antidepressant, an antidepressant. And I was like, but if I go on that, it's going to be harder to get off of it if it's not exactly, if it's just a, I, you know, a phase. Because it's from a progesterone lack. Right. And so when I finally found someone like you, who's like, Kim, I'm going to, I'm going to test your progesterone just to see what's going on with you. And I was at rock bottom and now I take progesterone and I sleep like a champ and I have periods of anxiety, but it's because I know there's something going on, not some like random Tuesday that I'm like, am I late for something? (laughs) And, yeah. and women, women can even pretty much tell, and I, I describe this in my book, like if you had super regular periods, you were producing most likely a rich amount of progesterone because you have to have regular periods to ovulate. Right. But when you ovulate, you're going to get regular periods. And when you don't ovulate, you're not going to produce that rich amount of progesterone. And anxiety and sleeplessness are one of the results. And so can, you know, so I, I know I have some women who are listening and they are postmenopausal. So even if I'm, you know, multiple years past having my last period and I am having some of this anxiety, some of this sleeplessness, can I still get support with HRT? Yes. And it's important. And I started treating my mother at 86 and my mother-in-law at 85. Ah. And my mother wouldn't let me be her female hormonal doctor prior to being 86 <laughs> and so it's ne- you never say never and because there's so many different things that depend on these hormones whenever you can think of it start it up now with older women who are 10 years out from their last period there are some special precautions we take as far as diagnosis goes there's some increased relative risk related to heart mm. And so we we pay attention to that and uh, our medical history and a few diagnostic tests are sometimes needed when you haven't had hormones for 10 years or five years. Right. We So we, whereas a woman going into perimenopause, we wouldn't consider evaluating her heart in most cases 
because she would have still had the protection from the estrogen that she's always had. But if you haven't had estrogen for 10 years, we got to check out your heart. Right. Because your body's going to be like, hang on, what's happening here? <laughs> and so, you know, as we talk about HRT, people hear about all the varying different ones. So the three main ones, the three main hormones that you are getting in HRT are estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, or potentially testosterone. Well, one qualification there, it's all three, always. All three, okay. Yeah, there's a very few women in the perimenopause or early menopause that they'll still have enough testosterone, but they're rare. Yeah. And every woman is going to lose her testosterone. And there's a misconception about testosterone. It is not a male hormone. It's a human hormone, right? And we we need them tremendously. Women have more testosterone; they have their most potent estrogen. Huh? They have twice as much testosterone as they have estrogen. Interesting. And you it's would so think it'd be the other way around. I know you would, but that's the science. And testosterone is so critical for maintaining muscle. And what's what oh, gets yeah. people? What gets older people into assisted living facilities and nursing homes? It's loss of muscle. Oh, my God. Can you repeat that for the people in the back? Yeah. <laughs> Hello back there. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm my background is a personal trainer, and that is like the number one thing I yell at people. I'm like, go to Florida, people. Go to Florida and look around. What you're seeing isn't fat loss. You're seeing muscle loss. I've spoken for 30 years on this topic, and you're the first one who identified the same thing I saw in Florida. The older people are not walking the beaches. There's a lot of older people there, but they're not necessarily walking no. the beaches too much. And the ones that are, you just named it so perfectly, Kim, that yeah. they've lost their muscle. And what eventually happens, you go from cane to, to walker mm -hmm. because you lost your muscle strength. And then there's a moment where you have to go to wheelchair, and that's usually when assisted living facility has to be considered, especially since women often lose their bladder control in the final finality when they lose the muscle that holds up the bladder. So uh, it's fun for me to see that you're the second human being outside of me that made that identification about Florida. <laughs> oh my God! I, my parents, my parents live there, and. Every time I go, you you see all the wheelchairs lined up waiting to take the people off the, off of the plane. And I'm like, that's not me. I'm like, I want to be walking on my own steam as long as humanly possible. And that means you got to strength train. And you, you got to strength train, absolutely. But you also got to get testosterone. It's very, very few elderly who aren't going to lose their muscle entirely to beyond being able to walk unless they take testosterone as well. Yeah. Yeah. Strength training, absolutely imperative, but you need your testosterone too. Yeah, for sure. So now you said, so most, so usually I get all three. Now I've heard this and I don't know if it's a doctor by doctor case by case situation, but there are women who are listening to this who have been surgically um, put in menopause, either everything ovaries as well as uterus or just uterus and still maintaining their ovaries and some have been prescribed progesterone and some have been told because you don't have a womb you don't need progesterone i disagree with that enormously all these ovarian hormones have multiple functions yes and you name the big one around progesterone calm and sleeping also, progesterone is the only biochemical that I know of that supports the laying down of new bone from the cells yes. that do that. And bone loss is another bane of the elderly mm. that leads to hip fracture and in the old days used to lead to death. Oh, yeah. That and so progesterone has that function as well. Progesterone has to do with water balance. Progesterone is needed for proper function of the thyroid gland. For those in the back, I'd like to. 
there's uh, these the list is long and so progesterone is important for everyone it's an old-fashioned idea right that if you don't have a uterus progesterone yes does protect from the uterine lining but you need it for every woman needs it not exception no and exception it's, and it's funny because like you know when i first started going down this rabbit hole of hrt and looking at solutions for myself i was like you know they're like well you know also ladies full disclosure i've had a hysterectomy but i do have my ovaries um and one of the questions was you know i was like well do i need hrt now and the doctor looked at me like why like <laughs> like i am i all of a sudden i mean i went from zero to 60. like there was no gradual decline for me so of course i should get something right and this is what started me down my, my whole rabbit hole. And then when someone told me I didn't eat progesterone and I started to look at what progesterone supported and I was like, but estrogen and progesterone always do this dance. And if there's no one to dance with, estrogen is a wallflower. <laughs> there needs to be some antagonist against estrogen. And so I finally found someone like you who was like, yes, that is ridiculous why they said why you shouldn't have it. So see this guy, smart, smart cookie here, a smart cookie. Um, now, there are varying ways to get hormones. Um, there's pills, there's creams, there's gels. You know, what do you, do I have to kiss a bunch of frogs? Is there like a usual path that you like to go down? Well, you've named the number one most effective thing, kissing frogs. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> It is. It's effective. You have to go out and find one. I, I haven't heard of this particular remedy, but, you know, far be it from me to be antagonistic. You're like, I'll try anything. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, all kinds of different hormones have been used. And I definitely have my favorites. Some of the earlier renditions of hormones, they were helpful. They were effective. They're still in use today. But like any field where there's been a lot of attention paid, things have advanced. Mm. And the, the very best hormones are compounded bioidentical hormones. They're coming out of compounding pharmacists. They're prescribed by physicians and nurse practitioners. They're the same molecule that your ovary or a man's testicles produced. They're identical, which is different right. than horse urine stuff, for right. example. And if the only thing tool that I had was Premarin, I'd, I'd surely give it out. Women who were on Premarin did a lot better than other women. Right. But what here's the here's the biggest thing of all: women vary enormously, mm -hmm. woman to woman, as to how much hormone they have in their body. Right. How they're balanced estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, like you have some women who are very relatively rich in estrogen and normal, and they're perfectly normal. Right. Whereas they're relatively low in progesterone, they're still very normal, and they're medium in testosterone. Right. Other women are relatively low in estrogen, but they're relatively rich in, rich in progesterone, and they're relatively richer in testosterone. And all of these three, doesn't, no it's, it's not a problem. Yeah. Because I describe in my book a process of balancing each woman as an individual. And that was the key why I'm here today is I figured out how to balance each woman as an individual. And the way that that is achieved best by far is by precision prescriptions going to compounding pharmacists because they'll make up anything you tell them. Right. Bad. Yeah, a pinch of and here, a pinch so of there, and you're good. We have infinite choices. And also, you want estrogen and and testosterone to come in with in topical preparations that you apply to your skin, mm. not oral. Yep. That's not the safest way to do it. The safest and most effective way is by, and what we developed and actually patented was a way of delivering it through certified organic oils. Oh, wow. So that's my favorite because it matters what you apply to your skin. Yes. And so that's my favorite way to do it. Three different hormones, like you said, 
three different bottles, one of estrogen. And the most important estrogen to do is bias. It's a combination of estradiol and estriol. There's reasons for that. I describe that in my book. And then testosterone, and we combine it with DHEA, and then progesterone. And you can also take progesterone in capsules. That works really well as well. And and so, you know, I I loved everything that you said. And so you said, you know, I love the oils because I've never heard of oil. So that's your your special sauce. And usually most people have um, a gel or a cream. Yeah, Yeah, a gel or a cream. Um, And, you know, I've, there's a question that people have asked me. So there's two words that are very similar, body identical and bioidentical. Are they interchangeable? Okay. They're, they're trying to give a proper language for the hormones that come out of a woman's body or a man's body. Gotcha. Identical to what's in a woman's body. But there's two different terms are used. Bioidentical, like biologically identical. Right. Which is molecularly identical. Or body identical, which is the same thing. It's, it's identical structure to what a woman's ovaries produce or what a man's testicles produce. Gotcha. Gotcha. Same molecule. Whereas so you- the horse urine, the, the, there's 50% of what uh, the hormones, the estrogens in horse urine have never been seen by a human female. Right. They're unique to horses, whereas 50% of them are. So it works really well for the estrogen thing. But we all have our preferences and tastes. Right. Now, the other question I get is about um, hormone pellets. So you talked about gels, creams, and the other thing that's now become something is are getting um, hormone pellets. I'm definitely not a fan. Okay. I think there's a small number of providers, physicians, and nurse practitioners who've somehow figured out how to get good at pellets. But my experience is that's not the majority of them. They came into being for several reasons, but you know, to stick a pellet in and have it last for three months, that's a real problem. You get these real high doses right in the beginning and then they decline. Gotcha. And you stick that pellet in if you don't hit the dose right, that pellet is in there for three months. Right. And so it's so hard to get the initial doses right. I have a lot of objections to pellets. We're vulnerable because of pellets. There's there's challenges to being able to continue to receive compounding bioidentical hormones. And one of the challenges is the FDA is down on pellets. And they're right. They're just... They just have so many different challenges to get them right. And a lot of mistakes are made. And really, there's so I'm not a fan of pellets. And you know, I'm going to give you my best shot. No, no, and- no. I, and, and I, you know, the thing I, I always like to do is like, I want to present all sides so that people are like, okay, I can go away and now do my own research. And that's what I always want people to always do their own research when it comes to medical things. Um, for those people who don't know what I'm talking about with pellets, they are um, hormone uh, uh, hormone pellets that are in- inserted into, um, usually they do it into your, your butt. Um, and, you know, like uh, Dr. R- R- Rosen said, it's about every three-ish months that you go through um, another insertion uh, of hormones. Um, so with that said, if I'm on hormones, is there an off ramp? You know, you know, if I started hormones, say in my thirties, am I continuing it till the day I die? Yes. There's never a day, like, for example, no one's going to be able to stop me from taking my testosterone unless I can't get the cap off anymore. And then you just (laughs) hand it to someone to help me with it. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'll ask somebody to help me with it. Because these these things are so powerful and so beneficial, you wouldn't want to stop. Right. There's some false information out there that came out of the Women's Health Initiative scare 
that you know 18 million women on hormones went down to the one or two millions from the scare yeah yet a certain percentage of those women were just so miserable they couldn't stand it so the doctors needed to respond so they came up with this false theory this they just made it up no studies right the lowest the lowest amount for the shortest period of time so people think well the short i should only take it for a year or two during menopause not me i've been yeah. in this field for 30 years and i tell you the science i know in my experience i'll never stop taking this stuff <laughs> and it's funny because I'm, I'm fortunate that i have a doctor who's like you and you know when i asked her i'm like is there an off-ramp here and she's like you went out, like she's like what about your thinking about your heart and your dementia and i'm like she's rattling up all these things that are so intertwined with aging and hormones and i was like okay i'm on it for life <laughs> question questions are over <laughs> I've, i'll settle down now yeah i'll settle down now <laughs> and you know it's, it's not a hardship um hmm. And so people who are, uh, one question, and then I'm going to transition, transition this. So the other way I've heard of taking estrogen, and this was uh, what I, what was recommended for women who do have uh, prior history of breast cancer, was to take estrogen vaginally versus a cream or a gel. Yeah, I don't get it. And here's why. The health of your body, of your brain, of your arteries, of your bones is dependent on estrogen and the other three hormones. And no matter how you apply it, it's the general body levels that are ultimately going to matter. If you put it on your skin, it's going to go into your body and it's going to distribute everywhere. If you put it in your vagina, it's going to get absorbed into your body and it's going to get distributed everywhere. So when yeah. we do... so. I, I just don't get it. The, it doesn't make any medical sense to me that if you apply it to your vagina, it's not going to go everywhere else in your body. You need it to go everywhere else. You yeah. need it to think clearly. And and I when I heard that, I was like, hmm. So I'm like, I'm like, I go, your vagina, vagina still has the cells and the capillaries that are going to distribute things all over. I'm like, I don't get what's different from my arm. <laughs> That's right. There isn't. Um, so the second question or the question I was going to ask before I thought that up was, so you're showing everyone these oils. If I am someone who is in the United States, can I call up your office and work with you on hormones? Yeah. The best thing to do is to go to our website called bright.live, B-R-I-T-E dot live or contact Karina, K-A-R-I-N-A, at bright.live. We train, the main thing I do is I train and mentor physicians and nurse practitioners all over this country. Oh, nice. And so we have a lot of them. We train in a lot of different places, and Karina will put you in touch with them. B-R-I-T-E dot live. Perfect. And I will include that in the show notes. So, I mean, you're clearly very passionate about this, you know, so what started you down this path of uh, HRT? Well, I suspect we have the same opinion about how life works. <laughs> I think it's divinely unfolding. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was, a, in, I graduated in 1968 and I got really interested in I love medical school. I just loved it. It was just such a gift to me. It serves me every single day of my adult life. Good, 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 good. But I was also interested in other things like what keeps us healthy, like mm -hmm. nutrition and exercise like you were and and the emotions and the mind. And so I was in what came to be known as a holistic or functional medicine medical practice. Right. And 30 years ago, one of my women patients in her early 40s, I knew her quite well. She was so brilliant. She had retired in her early 40s. Think about what it takes to do that. Oh, yeah. Very unusual. And she comes storming into my office early one morning 
walks up to my desk. I, I wasn't seeing patients yet. Pounds her fists on my desk and say, look, I'm going crazy. And don't think you know me. And please help. I am telling you, I am going crazy. And I did believe her yeah. <laughs> because I knew she was. And serendipitously or divinely unfolding, I had been speaking to a world expert on progesterone. Yeah. And I gave Deborah some progesterone. And three weeks later, I got a letter from her saying, I can't believe this stuff. Right. I'm totally myself again. Thank you so much. And before I knew it, I was seeing woman after woman in menopause. And I went, this is really remarkable work. This is where I can do the most help on this planet. We want to get more feminine energy, just like you, Kim. We want you in the halls of decision everywhere. Yeah. Home and business and politics. We need more feminine energy on this planet desperately. Oh, desperate. Yeah. And then hopefully in the next four years, we'll have a little more feminine energy going around. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I know in my struggles, just like you, I wished I, I was Deborah. I, I pounded on the desk and I got don't eat sandwiches and stop stressing out. Um, so I wish I had someone um, like you originally to just be like, you're not going crazy. Hang on. Um, but if someone's listening, they're like, you know, I don't know if HRTs for me. Are there any alternatives that they can use if they don't want to do HRT? Well, I always want to give you my best shot. And I'm going to say, don't even go there. I'm don't in agreement with you. I'm, that, I'm like, I, it's, it's, your, your anxiety could be lessened by Xanax. It's a powerful anti-anxiety. But it's got problems of its own. You don't want a lifetime of Xanax. Your sleep issues could be countered. They're mostly due from low estrogen and progesterone, 99% of them in a midlife woman. Well, they could be uh, alleviated by sleeping pills, but these things are addictive and they don't even give you the right kind of sleep. Why would you want to go there? You're yeah. not going to get anything to protect the muscle loss. Exercise will help you. Exercise is imperative our, our whole lives, but it's not enough. Most women were going to lose their muscle. There's yeah. nothing to protect you there. Bones, why take a medication when the loss of bone is due to low estrogen, low testosterone, low progesterone? You would never want to. Why would you try and take anything else that they don't even give the same results? It goes on and on and on. You, yeah. The, the, the general idea is, if you got something that's not working, try and figure out the cause and address the cause and don't give some symptom crusher. <laughs> kill yeah. the messenger. Yeah, I'll kill the messenger. I, I'm terribly anxious, so I'll take Xanax and uh, probably because I'm anxious. No, yeah. you try and get the cause. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you, and you know I've I've found that there are many um, insurance companies that will reimburse, and I think that's one of the biggest um, I guess myths out there. Beside all of the other myths about HRT, is that your insurance won't pay for it, and that is an issue. And w one of the things that our team has done has. Uh, gone into negotiations with uh, national pharmacies and were able to offer these at the lowest. So, you know, I know it is to pay out of pocket who wants to, but the insurance companies, they will pay for consultations in most uh, cases. Right. Then you can get the hormones outside of that, but they won't pay for the compound hormones. But however you can get the hormones, get them. Yeah, if you, I if you really need the insurance. If you then accept what the insurance companies are going to give you because it's going to be good for you. Yeah, that's and I, I know that that's one of one of the sticking points with some of the women that have come to me, and I'm like, you know, HRT I think is a way to go. Talk to your doctor about it, and you know, some insurance companies get pushback, and I was like, you got to push push back on them. You know, it's it's sometimes it's talking to the right person on the phone. Right on. And, you know, there's, there's always that person who's like, I just 
put in the code and it's not there and they won't go in the extra step for you. And then there's a person. Here's the code. (laughs) N95. (laughs) N95. That's the code. These codes for menopause and andropause do exist. And it's called the one for women is N95. Yeah. And so, I mean, so yeah, you're, you've been in this for a lot, this game for a long time. So, you know, exactly. Someone puts an M95, like, yeah, we don't cover it. Right. So this has been absolutely amazing. You've answered a lot of questions. I think you've made it so simple for people to go and be like, okay, yay or nay for HRT, understand the various ways I can get it. I also can call you guys up and find a practitioner in my, um, in my area. You know, the one thing I ask all of my guests before we leave the show is what's one thing that makes you feel magical? Being able to zero in on the moment and be present and just sense, feel, open my heart to what's going on every given moment, as I have during this podcast with you, Kim. (laughs) You are alive and amazing human beings. So that gives us the opportunity for magic all the time because human beings are so beautiful, not to mention animals and nature. (laughs) Human beings, uh, we're we're sacred, we're divine. And... uh, what's made my life more magical is being able to see it, feel it and experience it. Awesome. That, you know, I love, I asked the question, you know, for over 200 episodes and I always get some like answers that I'm like, wouldn't see that one coming. So (laughs) that was, that was really such a great answer. Thank you so much for that. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time. You've answered some really great questions. You've also broken open a lot of the myths that a lot of women have been hearing about, reading about, scrolling through the TikTok on. And just thank you so much for taking this time. And thank you so much for the work that you do. And thank you for being the voice of, that you are. It's uh, You're really special. Man. Thank you. Oh, all right, Magic Maker. So do me a favor. All of his socials are going to be in the show notes. Look him up at Bright, Bright Live. Um, he has a great book. I'm going to also link that into the show notes as far as well. So you can make sure we grab his book. Um, also, the other book that he mentioned, um, Estrogen Matters. So if you want to take that deep dive, like I'm a deep diver, um, you can take that deep dive as well. So thank you again for coming to the show. And Magic Makers, enjoy the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much. Thank you.